this morning as we get ready to go into our part two of our dangerous prayer series. And like I said, as you, as you look around the internet, there's a lot of um, churches right now who are going through 21 days of prayer, who are giving messages on dangerous prayer. Talking to a lot of people this week, a lot of things in our culture are getting ready to come to a head. My look at it is there is an amazing chance of revival if we press into God. Because when the heart of the man and the heart of the woman gets touched, lives start to get changed. And so the reason this prayer is so, so vital to the church today is because of everything that's going on in our culture, everything that's going on in our world. Um, talking to somebody yesterday, the whole thought process of he's got like five different friends who are going through just some junk right now. And he even said it, he goes, it just feels like something's coming. Now, we want to see it, make that God, right? We want to see the Father come. And the way to do that is, is start pressing in. Last week, we looked at the story of Jacob. We looked at, at, as we were talking about it this morning, dude did a lot of things wrong. I mean, from the time he was born until the time he came back and was getting ready to run into Esau, his brother, he did a lot of things wrong. But the great thing about it is God still wanted to meet him face to face. So if you've come in this morning with some junk in your life and you don't think you're worthy, I got great news. You ain't. Because of Jesus, we're made worthy. Because of who the Father is, we're worthy. We can't earn a Father's love. He loves us because we're his children. And so you came in this morning with junk, sweet. You're in the right place because God can take that. You came in this morning with kids who are struggling, awesome. This is the place that you can give it to God. Because whose kids are he really? They belong to him anyways. They're just on rent to us. We do the best we can and hope we don't screw them up too bad. And then give them back to God and say, okay, God, do what you need to. Marriages. God, you ordained this. This is your marriage, because God wants your marriage to succeed more than you do. I don't know if you knew that. God wants you to succeed more at your job than you do. But how do we get to that point? And that's what we're going to talk about today. Because God's never left us. He's never forsaken us. He's never given us away. He's always pursued us, as we sang this morning, and that's why I love that song. Because God's always pursuing us. He's always chasing after us. We can run as fast as we want. I'm thinking the creator of the universe can run faster. The speed of light that he just spoke into existence. Dude, it's quick. Next week, we're going to talk about asking God to change our perspective. What does it mean when we pray, here I am, Lord, send me? Now, if I mention that to most people, instantly in their heads comes the, I got to be a missionary, I got to be a pastor. I got to be a worship leader. I got to do something in the church in order for God to send me. I've got to go to another country. We're going to say, as Isaiah said, I'm a man of unclean lips, but I get it. Send me. It may be to school, it may be to your kids, it may be to your spouse, but God, send me to where you need me to go. We're going to make a commitment to each other and to God that to wherever we go, 
we're going to live a life that shows Jesus. That's what it means to be sent by God, is to leave here Sunday morning and live as with Jesus living through you. Today is scary. I ain't going to lie. I spent a lot of time this week. I, went, I was under a lot of stuff this week. And as, as we look at Psalm 139, that's what we're going to read out of today. Y'all can go to there. I'm going to read the whole chapter, but we're going to focus on two verses at the very end. And that, that, when we understand when the psalmist, when David was writing this, um, these verses, those last two verses were really a prayer to God. And this morning, we're going to make them our prayer. This morning, we're going to pray dangerously and open up. We're going to open up to God. We're going to open up and say, God, do what only you can do. And so it's starting in verse 1. It says, O Lord, you have examined my heart, and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts, even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to the heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride with the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest of seas, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness I cannot hide from you. To you the night shines bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. This is, uh, it's broken. I'm not even going to break this all down for you because there's four different stanzas that go on here. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven in dark, together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of the sand. And when I wake up, you're still with me. O oh God, if, if only you would destroy the wicked... Get out of my life, you murderers. They blaspheme you. Your enemies misuse your name. O Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who oppose you? Yes, I hate them with a total hatred, for your enemies are my enemies. And then he goes into this prayer. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you. And lead me along the path to everlasting life. So dear Heavenly Father, as we come into your word this morning, God, make it come alive in our hearts. Make it come alive to hear from you this morning. Let us lay everything open this morning, God, before you, because you are a Father who truly loves us. And God, we want to give everything to you this morning and leave here changed. And we thank you for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so as we read through that chapter, like I said, it's broken into four stanzas, the whole thing is. The first six verses talk about the, the omnipresence of God and then the omnipotence of God and, and, and the omniscience of God. All, 
they, they're broken apart into individual pieces. And then he goes into this thing and says, I hate everyone who doesn't love you, God. I just hate them. I hate them with an utter hate. And then he gets right before verse 23. I'm thinking he got that proverbial slap upside his head. And God just like, and he's like, okay, I'll slow my roll, God. Search me. Is there anything in me that makes you sad? Why do you think we hide things about ourselves from people? We want to be accepted, don't we? You know, we come into church this morning, and and I've joked about this before. We come into church and paste on a lot of times a fake smile. Like everything's okay. Things are going great. How you doing? Amazing. God's, God is good. We, we, we got all kinds of christian sayings we just throw out. Because we want to be accepted. We don't want people to judge us. And so we'll hide some of those things from people. We talked about it in youth, actually. It's kind of funny as I was studying on this one. We talked about it in youth on Wednesday night. It's hard to be vulnerable with people, isn't it? Because if they know of my brokenness, will they still like me? Will they still love me if they found out about this one thing? And so we have these secret sins we try to hide deep within us. We got these secret things we try to hide from people. The problem with that thought process is what happens is we start to then attribute that same response to the Father. And if I don't say it, or I don't mention it, maybe God won't know about it. I know, it's kind of, it's kind of funny. Because we just read, God, you know everything. You know everything about me. You wove me in my, in, in my mother's womb. You breathed breath into me before there was even breath to breathe into me. There's nothing hidden from you in me. Because he put everything together. But we do that with God. But the problem is, is in a relationship... If I'm hiding something, am I wholly in that relationship? And so we're holding back a lot of times on our own family because we don't want to deal with the one thing that's buried. As we've been talking about in youth lately, we tend to deal with symptoms, not the cause. And so when we're hiding something from somebody, a lot of times it will come out as we'll lash out at them if they touch it. They just rub against it. We we will get upset, we'll lash out, we'll ignore them, we'll walk away from them, we'll say we don't want to talk about it, leave us alone. And David, in the danger of this prayer, became vulnerable to God. Our big thought for today, or our big idea for today, is I want, by the end of the message today, I want us to become vulnerable and transparent to the Father. I want us to be willing to open up everything in your heart and just lay it open. And understand by doing that, the Father will love you no less. He can love you more. The message version reads 139, it, it reads 23 and 24 this way. It says, investigate my life, O God. Find out everything about me. Cross-examine and test me. Get a clear picture of what I'm about. See for yourself whether I've done anything wrong. Then guide me on the road to eternal life. And so he says, investigate me. So the first thing that pops out in this prayer and what makes it dangerous is we're saying, God, search me. 
How many guys grew up playing hide-and-seek? Was it ever played, and did you ever hide out in the light? You always went to a dark space, didn't you? I had some cousins that had a big farm. We would play at night. Why? Because hide-and-seek is so much better when you run into things. You'd hide behind a tree in the dark. And what, how did you win that game? By hiding long enough from the other person so you could run back to home base before they caught you. That's kind of what we do with God. And why this prayer can be so dangerous. Is we're not trying to hide from him at this point. It's like playing hide and seek and Sean counts to ten and I'm just standing here. If I don't, <laughs> I just got a picture. We had a Roddy. This is just off the case. 140 pound dog. He laying in like this deep of grass, meaning he ain't hiding nothing. And he laying there, and I would look at him, and he would look away like, well, if I don't look at him, he can't see me. I'm like, seriously, dude, get over here. How, how often do we do that with God, though? God's saying, let me investigate your heart. Let me search your heart. And we're like, you can go anywhere but right here, God. Don't go to this area. This morning, we're going to say, it's all open. This morning, we're going to say, anything in me, investigate it. Shine your light in it. As we read in, in, up here in the verses, there is no darkness in God. It's going to be painful. Healing comes in that. If I hide something, I can't heal from it. And so we need to open up to God and say, search me, God. David asked God to go deep, get beyond the surface, look deep into my soul, look deep into my heart, and let's take it out. Matthew 6.21, Jesus kind of addressed that when he said, for where your treasure is, there, will be your, heart, there your heart will be also. So if we want the best from God, we need to open up all our hearts to be cleansed by him. Because then our treasures is nothing more than the Father. And when our treasure is nothing more than the Father, we can move on. The second part of this prayer that jumped out to me, again, it's, it's not a difficult, this ain't brain-busting stuff today. He said, know me. Search me, God, and know me. Now, what does it mean? There's a difference between knowing something and being known by something, okay? Knowing about people, I can, you can read stats, but you don't have an intimate relationship. To be known by God, there has to be an intimate relationship, and he wants that. He wants you drawn into that intimate relationship, but again, that infinite relationship will, or that, that intimate relationship will take vulnerability. It'll take transparency. It'll take the pain of getting caught and not just being sorry for it, but having a repentant heart for it. Because a lot of people are sorry when they get caught. But a lot of people don't repent because they were caught. Let's say that one more time. People are sorry, and they'll tell you they're sorry when they get caught. But they don't necessarily have a repentant heart because they got caught. Because a repentant heart turns from what you're doing and running towards 
the Father. That's why I said this morning, you can either run to God or away from him. When you run away from him, it means you don't want to be known by God because you're afraid of what he might think. This morning, I want to be known by God in the most intimate way. As we read in in verses 13 through 16, it said, You made all the delicate and inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully, wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life has already been recorded. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. See, God already knows you better than you know yourself. Who better than the potter to decide what the clay should become? So this morning, we need, to, we need to open up with that, say, God, search me. But not only, know, not only know me, but let me know you. Third one, he says, try me. That's a tough one. That's, that's, that's where the rubber hits the road right there. Some of you this morning are going to pray that, God, that prayer, search me, God. Know me, God. And then you're going to walk out of here and you're going to say, really, do you believe what you just said about me? Let's try that. Let's test it. That's what's been happening this week for a lot of people who have been praying this last week. I'm included in that one. God's saying, I'm going to start testing you in this then and see if you really believe what you're saying. See if you really believe I am who I say I am. See if you really believe what's going on. Because what do we say about things? And here's where, why testing has become minimalized in our culture today. We test drive a car. We test out relationships. They give us tests at school, right? We have all these tests that we have to go through. What do testing normally do? It checks to see, do I like this car or don't I like this car? Do I like this person or don't I like this person? Do I know enough about this material or do I need to learn more about this material in school? He's saying, God, test me and know my motivation of why I'm doing what I'm doing. That's the difference with this testing. Am I doing church or am I becoming the church? There's a huge difference in that because God wants to check our motivation of why we're doing it. Going back to the prayer of the, that Jesus talked about with the Pharisee and the tax collector. The Pharisee, we talked about it last week. God, I'm glad I'm not as bad as these people. You know me, I'm reading my Bible every day. I'm praying. I, I know I do more than these guys do. God, thank you for making me so cool. And yet, God, I can't even look at you. Help me. Jesus said, this dude has been made righteous with the Father. What's your motivation this morning for being here? Is it to be touched by God? Or is it to just put a check mark in saying I did the right thing? Well, at least, God, I came to church this morning. They didn't. And they may be at home broken saying, Lord, save me. Our motivation takes humility to understand it's not about us. It's not about what we do. It's about who God is. You know, I I say I love coming in here, and I do. 
but it, it's, it's because of you guys, and I get to meet with God. I get to see people's lives changed. I have the best job in the world and the most frustrating ever. The fourth one, lead me. And I wrote, run your own race. David just got through saying, I hate all your enemies, God. I hate it with total hatred. They're your enemies. They're my enemies. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them like a two-year-old little child. And David says, slow your roll. And he says, God, help me run my own race. As Adam and Christy like to say, watch your own bobber. Pay attention to what God's called you to do. When he says, lead me, God, he's saying, I've given you the instruction manual. Pay attention. For us in the New Testament, he says, I've given you the Holy Spirit. Follow his lead. He will show you the way to everlasting life. Jeremiah 10.23 says it this way. The steps of a man are established by the Lord, and he delights in his way. When he falls, when he falls, he will not be hurled headlong because the Lord is the one who holds his hand. That's actually in Psalm 37, 23, and 24. Jeremiah 10.23 says it this way. Lord, I know the people's lives are not their own. It is not for them to direct their steps. So this morning, can you let go of the wheel and let Jesus drive? Y'all seen those bumper stickers that says, Jesus is my co-pilot. I'm thinking Jesus is a better driver than you let him drive. The reason this, these prayers are so dangerous, and I have a big thought to put up here for today. Whoops. Let that statement sink in for a minute. Jesus can only address what he has access to. If we don't let God in, he can't address the problem. We can hold out on God and stop him from doing something. God desires a close, personal, intimate relationship, and he desires that our affections be totally and wholly his. When we pray to the Father, are we willing to really open up and take time to let him search us deeply, knowing that everything about us, he still loves us? As Sean and I were talking this morning, we, we talked about God sometimes loves us in spite of us. As I said, the father, a father doesn't love his children because what they can do and can't do. God loves you because of who you are, and that is his child. There's nothing you can do to earn it. For some of us this morning, as I warned you up front, it's time to get honest with God. We want to see God do some things. You want to see God do some things in your families. It's time we get honest with God and say, God, search me. Know me. Test me and lead me. Because I can guarantee if you follow the Father, everything else falls into place. Matthew 6.23 says, Seek first the kingdom of God, and everything else at that point will be added on to you. Some of you this morning have come in with wounds of the past that you've never been able to let go of. Some of you are, have regrets and shame from your past. 
that the enemy is constantly throwing at you. Some of you live for the approval of others. And it's a symptom of something deeper in your heart that you've never let God search out and the Holy Spirit reveal so you can let go of it because it hurts too much to have it dealt with. Healing hurts. The cross hurt Jesus, but he did it for you and for me to give us life. Isn't the least we can do and say, God, I just want to be broken for what breaks your heart. Search me and what's stopping it. Some of you guys this morning are going to live with, leave with a freedom you didn't know you ever could own because you're, you're going to be willing this morning as Sean comes forward to just play a song. We're not singing with him. I want you to take time to pray this prayer this morning. And honestly, sit with the Father because today he wants to take away your shame. He wants to take away your guilt. He wants to get rid of your mistakes. He wants to, to throw away those misinformed thoughts that you have about yourself and remind you of who you are in him.